Bizarre Comics have been scaring readers for years. Is there anyone brave enough to sit down with their creators? This is Discussions with Decapitated Dan. Discussions with Decapitated Dan. Writer P.H. Diller joins us to talk about his new serial killer comic, Risher, and so much more. Discussions with Decapitated Dan is brought to you by Curious Goods and Comics.com. Don't be afraid to lose your head over all the savings. CuriousGoodsAndComics.com, where Decapitated Dan gets his books. Are you a comic book creator? Do you write, draw, color, letter, ink, edit, or do your own webcomic? If so, you're eligible to nominate for the Ghastly Awards. Go over to GhastlyAwards.com. And find the nomination form and nominate for this year's best in horror comics, the Ghastly Awards, honoring excellence in horror comics since 2011. GhastlyAwards.com. So, welcome everybody to this week's discussions with Decapitated Dan. Joining me this week for his first time on the show, PH Dillard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you you can just call me PJ. Uh, I do the PH thing just kind of because it sounds better as an author, like J.K. Rowling. And but and you whatnot, are, but you, know? you but you are an author. That's why you're here to talk to us. <laughs> so you are PH. I no one is allowed to call you PJ. In, in the comic okay. book world, we'll, we'll say that. We'll, we'll do that. Um, no, the simple way we start every every show off is just the simple: Who are you and what do you do? Uh. Well, I am, uh, I guess, P.H. Dillard, um, and I do all kind of stuff, but I guess for our purposes here, I am the writer and creator of the comic book series Risher, which has recently debuted. Very cool. Very cool. And and I've had, and I'm, I usually say this as we get further into the show, but i got to say that um, I've read this, and I think everybody really needs to check this out, and we're going to talk a little bit later about how they can get their hands on copies and digital copies and stuff like that. But I really want to start with, you know, uh, just, uh, you know, let's let's talk about the book first, and uh, what is Risher? Uh, Risher is the story of a guy who missed his moment with death, uh, so he inadvertently gains immortality, and after dealing with humanity for so long he just becomes disgusted and becomes a serial killer and he's the one that never gets caught uh, when we go back through time uh, throughout the series and you see that he was actually Jack the Ripper, uh, the Zodiac Killer, the Axeman of New Orleans basically all of the major unsolved serial killer cases throughout history was this one guy now, okay, now the, that that you say that, you know, uh, can we expect like stories in the future where um you'll just basically do a whole uh issue on him being Jack the Ripper and him being the Axeman of New Orleans and stuff like that? 
uh, the issues, uh, the way I write them, uh, most of them, uh, it's usually about half flashback, half current date. So um, he'll, he'll flash back to times when he was one of these, uh, under one of his previous monikers, and then uh, we'll get sucked back into current time, what he's currently up to, uh, his, his MO at the moment, and uh, the people trying to catch him is trying to elude them. So we, we kind of bounce back and forth. Um, right now, I don't have anything scripted for a full flashback issue, uh, but I'm sure we'll get around to it at some point. Sure. Very cool. Very cool. Um, you know, where where did the idea for this come from? You know, how long were was it, you know, rolling around in your head until you decided to get it down and get it started? Uh, I guess it was just the idea of... <clears throat> I guess I just thought, what if it was all one guy that just never died? I'm a big serial killer fanatic. Um, it's something I've always been interested in, and more interesting than the cases that were solved were the ones that the guy never got caught. Those are the ones that really piqued my interest, and just uh, in a moment of whimsy, I guess, I, I just thought, well, what if this was all the same guy? And so I wrote it down as an idea, and it sat on a piece of paper for probably a year uh, before I got around to actually doing anything with it because it it does take a lot of research to line up the dates so you don't have different serial killers overlapping with each other. I'm going for at least some historical accuracy here. Um, so whenever I finally had time to put the research into making sure the dates were correct, uh, I went ahead and uh, started the story. Very cool, very cool. So, what was what's the uh, what's why the uh, gosh, what's I can't even think of the word. Why the fascination with with serial killers? Uh, the extremeness of it. I mean, most of us live our lives in this comfortable zone uh, of we never really test the extremes of existence. We're happy to to kind of just live in a comfortable medium. But I think uh, serial killers, they really test the extremes of what a person can do. Um, just what it is in somebody that would make you want to take one life, let alone 5, 10, 20, it just, it's mind-boggling. I mean, I don't know how that switch gets flipped inside somebody make them do that and so it's always just been really interesting to me one thing that we we typically and as weird as it is you know one thing you typically don't see in horror comics is serial killers so you know just just that in general you know do you i i don't know if you really looked at comic books in terms of you know a little bit of research as to what had been done before in terms of serial killers but i mean did that play into anything or were you just like you know i want to do a serial killer comic just because it's not being done? Uh, I just wanted to run with the idea that I had jotted down on the paper those months ago. Um, and originally, I was just going to do it as another short novel. Um, I've written a couple so far. And then I just, I don't know, something kept telling me that it needed to be in a comic book or graphic novel format, so I ended up pursuing that and was lucky enough to get a really good artist attached to it, so it kind of just ended up being a comic book. I didn't really put any thought into it as, you know, in, in relation to other comic books. I just kind of went 
however however it went, and this is what it turned out to be. Sure, sure. Uh, let's talk about Tomas for a second. How how did you find Tomas? Uh, what's the name? I found him on a website. Uh, Digital webbing. I, no, I, I God, I can't remember the name of the website now. Um, DeviantArt. A, no, God, I cannot. I I can't recall what it is. I I think it's it's a a forum for some guy's own like web comic, but nobody ever talks about. That comic, they're just all there to, to talk to to talk to other artists and writers, and so it was on some online forum, and I'll probably remember the name of it like ten seconds after we're done here. Um, and I just I posted up that I had an idea and needed an artist. I got four replies. Uh, they were all guys from Europe. No Americans were interested in working for free, I guess. Um, and I, I just I told him the idea for the story, sent him the script for. The first issue, um, he had the best art, the art that I liked the most. Um, when it comes to comic books, I'm really influenced by uh, Jonan Vasquez and Roman Dirge. And of the four people that replied, uh, Tomas's artwork uh, was the closest to that. So I went with him, and he just he ran with the script that I gave him, and he we've agreed that. We'll split any potential profits, but at this point, that remains to be seen as to whether, you know, he'll actually ever get paid. But uh, so far, it's worked out pretty well. And and when you say that, let's just throw it out there that, you know, uh, we'll talk about the Kickstarter and all that in a second. But, you know, you guys are just starting. So in terms of the profits, you know, that that's what you mean. And I got to say, you know, I, you know, speaking of his art, I the way I saw it when I was looking at the Kickstarter project was that it was this real, like, old-school horror, like, creepy and, and stuff like that. Yeah, it, it definitely is. It it has a, I don't know, I want to say a, a classy, kind of almost antique tone to it. Sure. Um, and, and I'm sure, sure that's uh, something to do with, you know, his influences being from, being from Europe, uh, having a more of a, a Russian influence in the area where he's at and everything. Um, I mean, you can definitely tell it's not typical American comic book art. And that's what I like about it. I, I'm not too much into the mainstream stuff. Uh, DC and Marvel never really been what I'm into when it comes to comic books. I've always been more into the, the offbeat and odd-looking stuff like uh, early and mid-90s image, uh, slave labor graphics, chaos when they were around, stuff like that. So... Um, and I think that's why his artwork spoke to me. It wasn't your typical American comic book style. Sure, sure. Um, okay, now let's let's talk about the Kickstarter. So you guys you guys came together. You started working on the project. Why Kickstarter? It was the only place to really try to get the funds. Um, you know, I, I work a nine to five with a wife and two kids. I don't really have the money to put into it myself. And with Tomas being so far away, getting him to put any kind of money into the project was going to be really complicated. So we decided to do Kickstarter. I had run a couple of small campaigns for my two previous uh, novels uh, that I had written. So I kind of knew how to how to work the Kickstarter, and we ended up raising. $400? Yeah, I mean, you guys really weren't asking for a lot. So, 
with the four hundred dollars, what did what did that fund? How many uh, issues were you able to order? Uh, one hundred fifty issues and a hundred mini posters uh, is all that we started with. Um, we we weren't really asking for a lot because I would hate to ask for a lot of money from people and then it not really go in the direction it's supposed to. You know, it, today with digital comics and the way the economy is, if I were to ask for the money to print up two thousand copies. I have no guarantee that they're not going to sit in a closet in a box, you know. So mm-hmm, right. we just we went for the basics, and I, I've always been a self-promoter of having a music background. Um, that's just kind of always been in my blood. I, I don't need $1,000 for ad campaigns on websites or the 2600 to get into previews. I'll sit on the Internet for 10 hours at a time and just do it all myself for free. Sure. Sure. Okay, well, let's talk about that. So you got 150 issues. Now, you got 150 physical copies. So out of that 150, how many are going to people that pre-bought, and how many do you have that you're going to have for sale on your website soon? Uh, I believe the the orders from the Kickstarter campaign was only 25, um, and then I'm setting aside 25 for uh, reviewers and to send out to publishers. So we're going to have about an even 100 uh, for the initial run uh, for sale to the public. Very cool. And do you know, uh, and I once again, you don't have them for sale yet on your site, but do you know uh, what you're going to sell them for roughly so people have an idea who are listening? Yeah, the uh, cover price is three ninety nine. Um, which I know is probably a dollar more than most people would like to spend on an unproven comic, but I really think once people take a look at it, they're going to think that it was money well spent. Um, and speaking of that, yeah, let's let's throw the pitch out there to your website. What's what's the website people can go to? Uh, RisherComic.com. So they can go there, and on there, you know, you can see um, preview. You have a few previewish uh, pages up here that people can check out, and then you have your shop. And in your shop, you have links to all the the digital copies that people can go get. What are the digital copies selling for? Uh, depending on where you go, uh, Amazon is a dollar ninety nine because that's the cheapest they'll let me do it for. But all the other spots are a dollar forty nine or a dollar fifty. Okay, very cool. So I mean, yeah, at the moment, at the moment, you know, if you can't. Get the physical copy sent so you can easily just go check it out, uh, a digital copy. And what else What else can people find on the site? I, we update it as often as possible. We're always adding uh, new outlets where you can find uh, digital and physical copies. Uh, like you mentioned, there's a preview, five preview pages, so you can actually take a look at what we've got going on. Uh, links to my other projects. Uh, we're, pretty soon we should have up uh, some links to Tomas's new projects. During the course of making Risher, he actually got a publishing deal on one of his older comics from a publisher in Hungary, and then he picked up a paying gig uh, from an outfit in England uh, on a project called 42B. Uh, so he should have some links for that coming up soon, and a webcomic he's been working on called Black Artie. Very cool. Very cool, yeah. So you, everyone can go... Making during the course of making this first issue and him showing around the artwork for Risher, uh, he 
kind of, I guess, blew up a little bit. A lot of people liked what they saw from Risher and wanted to get him on to other projects. So uh, it's it's worked out pretty well for him, I guess. Well, it's going to work out well for you, too, once people hear this. Uh, in, in a visual medium, I feel like nobody cares about the author. Like, it, it's all oh. about the guy that did the artwork. <laughs> <laughs> well, then we got to start pitching your books. Tell me about your books. Uh, I've got a... One book called Isaac, which is a story of angels cast out of heaven. Uh, basically, if you kill a human, you get kicked out of heaven and demoted to vampire. Uh, and there's a group of rebel vampires that figure out how to get Satan out of hell and are trying to break Satan out because that's the only fallen angel that can actually get back into heaven. And there's a, a war brewing between heaven and hell. Uh, and it's up to Isaac to try to stop them. Um, I don't want to give too much information away for the, like, one person. That's enough? No. <laughs> uh, and now, is, that, is that your only book so far? No, I um, you said you had two. Yeah, I've got another one called Becoming Zombie, The Journal of Elias True. It's the first part of a three-part series uh, in a, a post-apocalyptic world setting of uh, after a zombie outbreak. Um I don't have the other two started yet. I've got ideas going for them, but uh, the Journal of the Lies True is the the first completed one, and it's in a diary format, and you actually get to go along with this guy on his journey as he turns into a zombie. Uh, it's not a fast-acting virus like the one portrayed in most movies. It's actually something that, like a logical virus like AIDS or, or anything else, takes time to build up and take over your body. So you follow him across uh, about four months of this slow degeneration into a zombie. Um, now, can I ask you, uh, sitting here looking at the covers on these, who did you get to do the covers on these for these books? For the books, uh, a guy in Australia named Shane Kraft, who he mostly does album covers and flyers for uh, musicians in the horrorcore rap scene. Uh, and I I really didn't know any uh, cover book cover artist to go to, so I just went to him, and, and he did a, a really good job, I thought. Yeah, these are really, really nice covers. Very cool. So, uh, okay, now if people want to learn more about your books, where can they go? I've got my own site, uh, phdillard.com, and okay. there, there's a link to that uh, on the Richard Comic site, so just for all intents and purposes, richardcomic.com. Very cool. Very cool. And, you know, it, it's funny. We're sitting here talking about all this, and we completely forgot to talk about your uh, foreword in the book. Oh, the so, letter from Berkowitz? Yes. Yeah, can you tell us all about this? Where did the – well, I guess basically where did – you know, where did uh, – how did you get this? <laughs> I just I thought it would be really cool to I mean we're having we're making a a book about serial killers. I can only speak on the subject so much, you know, and it's all speculation and what I know from documentaries. The people that really know about serial killing are the serial killers. So I, I thought it would just give the book a little more of a, a creepy and authentic feel to actually have a serial killer write in. And I sent letters out to four people. Uh, Charles Manson, who um, technically isn't a serial killer. Uh, Richard Ramirez, 
David Berkowitz, and I can't remember her name right offhand, but she was called the Angel of Death, the lady that killed all the old folks uh, in the old folks' home. Uh, okay. And the only one that wrote back was Berkowitz, and it turned out that he he runs his own kind of a ministry from inside prison, and he communicates with a lot of churches on the outside, and he had written to some of the churches in my town. So when he saw my address, he thought I was somebody from one of the churches writing back. Uh, and he ended up opening my letter, and he replied, and we've been pen pals ever since. We've communicated back and forth a few times. Uh, and he, he had said that he had read comic books when he was younger. He was really into Archie comics, so he didn't have a problem uh, writing something for the comic book. So I, I thought that was really nice. And he... This is going to sound weird, I mean, because he killed six people, but he seems like a really nice, mellow guy once you get past the fact that he killed six sure. people. <laughs> sure. And that's I, and I, I have to admit, I mean, that's really unique to to have something like that in the book. I, I know some people might, you know, tune out and just feel like, well, now, blah, 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 you know, for certain reasons. I mean, I've, I've done... Um, interviews with with people who are devil worshippers and stuff like that and you know talking about their comics and stuff and i know people tune out so i hope no one just tunes out because of that because like i said i mean i've read this and and it's absolutely fantastic um you know so where do you go from here with risher are are you worried about moving forward in terms of another issue are you waiting to see what these hundred issues do and in in terms of sales no, we're going to go ahead with it uh, regardless. I mean, sometimes it takes a while for things to pick up steam. Uh, I'm not really worried about sales. I, I have a story to tell, and I'm going to tell it whether anybody pays attention or not. As long as I have an artist attached to the project, it will continue. Um, I've originally laid the story out for 18 issues. Uh, the next two, issues two and three, are already scripted. And Tomas is going to start artwork on issue two next month. Uh, once he gets some of these other projects cleared off the table uh, for the time being. So we're we're going to go ahead with it and, and see what it does. I mean, uh, a lot of my favorite comic books were not well-known right off the bat. I, I mean, I'm a, a evil Ernie, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, Lenore kind of guy, and, and those are things mm-hmm. that it, it took a while for them to build the following that they have. But because their creators stuck with it, they do have that cult following, and that's, that's more what I'm going for. I'm not going for the Marvel DC 50,000 units in one month. I, I'd rather have, you know, a, just a couple hundred people that really dig what I'm doing. So. Right. And then, you know, think of it this way, too. I mean, when you're big and famous and you're writing, you know, Daredevil, even though you say you won't, you know, you're going to be like, well, remember when I was doing Risher and all those people are going to have Risher issues. Or the, those hundred people will have Risher issues. And they'll just be laughing in everyone's face because we'll all be rich in a little corner of the world. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I but that's so, that's real. That's real cool that you guys are are gonna go ahead with it. I mean, I love that mentality because that's 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 what shows that you're loving what you're doing, and I think that's what really stands out. Um, in terms, okay, since you guys are are new to uh, the printing business and stuff like that, and you know, we like to, I like to ask self publishers, you know, where did you go for your printing? Uh, I see geeks uh, printing. Okay. Uh, is, I think the, the is that a local is, place or is that okay? No, yeah, it's an online spot. Um, I see geeks. dot com, I believe, is is just the, the name of it. I the letters I see 
geeks. Uh, they have, if you're ordering less than like a thousand copies, they're really the cheapest place that you can find. Um, and they, they were recommended to me by Sean of Spaz Dog Comics. Uh, people might know that name from the uh, Songs of the Smiths comics, uh, and I believe they've just released a, a comic book about the Songs of the Pixies. Um, okay. He he recommended it to me, and uh, I went and talked to Noel. It, it's a one-man operation, but uh, good prices. And if you're if you had a funded Kickstarter, he gives you even more of a discount on your order. Um, so, uh, very prompt, prompt responses, uh, good customer service. So yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Now let me ask. Um, in terms of future issues, you know, are you are you wanting to set a timetable like? Are you thinking maybe one a year, maybe two a year? I, I know it's it's really hard to do when it's not your full-time gig. Uh, we're going for quarterly. Um, that's more up to Tomas than myself. Uh, but right now, just with seeing how long it took this first issue to come together, uh, with the Kickstarter, I kind of uh, said things would be done a little sooner than they were. And I don't want to do that again. So right now we're just going to say quarterly, uh, every three months, we're going to have a new issue out. Um, if it was up to me, I mean, I, I can write a script a week. There'd be a new issue coming out every week. But uh, as fast as Tomas is, he's not that fast. So uh, just uh, right. expect, it, expect right. it quarterly. And uh, stay tuned to RisherComic.com to stay up to date on any future developments. Will we uh, be doing Kickstarters for every issue? I would like to, to generate enough uh, off of this first issue to feed into all the next issues, even if we never make a dime off of it. As long as we can make enough off the previous issue to fund the printing of the next issue uh, up until the point Tomas realizes he's never been paid, uh, we'll, just, <laughs> we'll keep doing that. I'm sure at some point he'll want some money for it, uh, but until we hit that roadblock, uh, hopefully each issue will support the next. Right, right. Uh, let's let's you know switch gears. I know you've mentioned a few times what you were into uh, when you were growing up and comic wise and stuff like that. Did you? Was it just something where one day you maybe it, uh, you know as weird as it's getting well not weird but as cliche as it is. Did you stumble into a hot topic and see some Johnny Johnny's issues or something like that, or were were you into comics as like superhero stuff as a kid and then you transitioned to the weirder stuff? Um. Well, I, I grew up in the South. Uh, we had this chain of stores called Save-A-Lot. And when I was... It's the most ghetto store in the world. I don't know if they have them where you're... Where are you at? Ah, uh, Chicago. But I know what Save-A-Lots are. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, like the most ghetto cheap store in the world. And when I was... Uh, this is probably early 90s. Um, they would get these three packs of Marvel back issues. Uh, and you could get three comics for $2, which for a kid with a, a $5 a week allowance, that's the best deal you're going to find anywhere. So, And this was at the height of the X-Men cartoon series, and I had never been exposed to comics before. I was like, hey, this is a book based on that TV show I like. So I started <laughs> started buying those, um, and it was all right. I mean, I thought the cartoon was better, but it, it wasn't all X-Men. There was a title called Ravage 2099, packed into some of them and sure sure that was that was the first one that really caught my eye this sort of dystopian future gutter punk scientist 
storyline that that really caught my attention. And from there, uh, I started collecting just anything I could get, those three for $2 uh, deals. And my other friends started buying comic books. And this this one friend I had would give me all the stuff that his parents wouldn't let him have. Uh, One was a, a really twacky, almost pornographic violence title called Laser Eraser and Axle Press Button. And uh, and then the Guns N' Roses comic book. I'm, I'm the world's biggest Guns N' Roses fan and always will be. So once I realized, like, hey, man, you can get weird shit in Guns N' Roses, I was hooked. That's, <laughs> that's all it took. And so from there, I just kind of started looking for any weird comic book I could find. And one of my girlfriends in high school had the uh, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac uh, trade paperback. And that was the first time I actually said, like, wow, you know, any, anybody can do this. Because at the time of reading it, I didn't know if it was, like, the worst art ever or the most brilliant thing ever made. It was really hard to tell. Um, that I, I fell in love with it. And I never actually picked up any copies in a Hot Topic. Um, at that time, I had never set foot in a Hot Topic. In rural Mississippi, there wasn't a, a lot of Hot Topics. Uh, <laughs> so... No, that's yeah. So okay. So uh, do you still read? Or do you still pick up new issues of Lenore? Uh, I picked up the first one in a long time uh, a few weeks ago, or actually, I guess it's been like a couple months ago. I was in uh, Mile High Comics in Denver, and they had the uh, Where Pootie At issue, and mm-hmm. I, I picked that up, and that that was awesome. Just because it, it had been so long since I read a Lenore. Uh, I, sure, I mean, I, sure. I didn't even know they were making new issues until, uh, I guess, maybe a couple weeks before I went into that shop. I had actually downloaded uh, your deep discussions with Roman and realized, like, holy shit, they're making new issues. Uh, and, then, <laughs> so, and that was the one, the one issue they had in the entire store, and that's the one they had, and I got it. Very cool. Now that's and, That's really cool. And I, I thought I thought it was awesome, and it, it's encouraging to hear that he'll possibly be making more than one a year at this point. So he's up, yeah, he's doing four a year right now. Well, yeah, yeah we'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll say four a year. <laughs> no, uh, okay. Now, one thing we always ask everybody here on the show, and and I'm guessing you've never been behind a table at a convention, but you know, what's the most horrific thing that's ever happened to you at a convention? Uh, a, comic, a comic convention. Have you been to a comic convention? I'm, I'm going to lose all any Greek geek cred I may have had up to this point. I have actually never been to a convention. I've, I've never been in an area that has one um, until this year. Uh, Denver started a con. I wasn't able to go because my son was in the hospital uh, with heart conditions. But I will be at the Denver con next year. Okay. I don't know. I don't know in what capacity at this point, but I am going. Very cool. Very cool. So that's at least something to look forward to. With the issue being out, um, have you gone to any of the local shops to talk about, you know, possibly getting the book on the shelf, even if it's one or two copies? Uh, there is a – we have one comic book store here in my town. I'm in Scotts Bluff, Nebraska, um, and it's never open. Like this, oh. I, I don't, I don't know what to do. Like the guy has a day job. The story I've been told is like the dude works at at the prison out here, uh, and never has time to actually have the store open, which really sucks because they've got 
any action figure you could ever want from like the 70s on. There's Spawn cars and Mutant Turtles and Star Trek and anything. And like, I just go and sit there and I drool in the window and shake the door and it's never open. Uh, <laughs> but I, I'm planning a trip uh, back to Denver uh, and I'm going to talk to the guys at Mile High and a couple of the other smaller shops around there. So hopefully we'll be getting it uh, into the Denver area stores, and I'm going to talk to the guys at Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash. Uh, I've got a interview lined up with them later this month uh, to talk to Mike and Mean on one of their podcasts, and uh, if that goes well, you might be able to pick up some copies at Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, one more time, uh, remind us where we can go to check everything out. Uh, RichardComic.com. And anything about you, you know, you can go to phdillard.com, correct? Yeah, uh, that one, I mean, to be honest, uh, you know, with the two kids in the 9 to 5, I don't get around to updating that site uh, as much as I do right now. I, I'm not even focusing too much on my work, so I would say you're going to be better off just checking out the Richer site for updates. Very cool, very cool. Well, uh, PH, i, I got to say, you know, I, like I said, I, I've read this. I think that for three ninety nine it's a steal, and I'm saying that because most people charge five for their independent work. So you know, definitely, I, I definitely encourage everyone to go to the website and you know watch the shop and pick it up or get the digital version to check out because, like he said, there's going to be limited number available, and when this blows up, you're all going to be sorry because I know horror comics, and there are no serial killer comics out there. Definitely, definitely worth checking out. So, Paige, definitely thank you for coming on the show. Uh, when it's time to promote and pimp number two and three and, and whatever, I definitely want you back. All right, without a doubt, just let me know. <laughs>